Hello, everyone. I'm Larry Flowers, the public safety public information officer for the city of Murfreesboro. Today's guests include Murfreesboro Police Department Administrative Division Captain Don Fanning and Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department Captain Shift Instructor Mitch Wittenberg. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Thank Larry. You. AEDs are known to save lives. Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department already have AEDs on all of their fire apparatus. Now, the Murfreesboro Police Department is in the process of issuing all uniform officers an AED. So now they have the power to save lives right in their patrol cars. The first question is for you, Captain Wittenberg. For those who don't know, what are AEDs? Um, AEDs, automatic external defibrillators. So uh, what they do is when uh, you have a person that's in cardiac arrest, we can, we can put that AED on a patient and hopefully uh, regain a, uh, a pulse out of an electric shock. So um, the way that kind of looks is a lot of times when people go into cardiac arrest, they'll be in an abnormal cardiac rhythm. Um, and our AEDs, they look for two of those abnormal rhythms. They look for V-fib or pulseless VTAC. Um, so if the heart's in one of those rhythms, the, the best thing that we can do for them is deliver that electric shock. Um, so a lot of, there's a lot of kind of uh, ways that we can look at that, but what it, what it tries to do and, it, and the misconception with a lot of people with AEDs is one, that it tries to jumpstart the heart. Okay. And, it, and it's not that way. The heart has to have an electrical rhythm in it uh, to be able to shock. So really, it's it's time is what we work against a lot of times with these AEDs uh, or with, with cardiac arrest in general um, is getting a defibrillator on somebody fast. Mm -hmm. um, that needs to be our main goal. So. Sure. And uh, Captain Fanny, why are AEDs uh, being added to patrol cars? Well... Uh, as I've told people before, you know, if it's your loved one who's uh, suffering from this cardiac event, you don't care what uniform somebody's wearing when they walk in your door. What you care about is how do you save my loved one's life? And so the thing about police officers, you know, is we have a lot of units that are constantly moving around the city. The fire department, their units are fixed and they have time it takes to get there. Well, with us having AEDs in our car, the, the goal being that a lot of times we may be there sooner than the fire department just because the very nature of us roaming around the city and because we have so many people there it just adds to the number of aeds in the city we we work together like a hand in a glove they have some if they get there first that's great and then you add some more that we have if we get there first great we don't care which uniform or which truck whether it's a a, a blue car or a red car doesn't matter we just want to get there quickly with an aed because this is the thing that gives people the power to save a life Sure. Uh, just to follow up on there, how uh, will the addition of these AEDs uh, impact the chances of survival, you know, for a person who uh, may be experiencing cardiac arrest sure. uh, with police officers having these uh, devices in their car? Well, literally minutes means the difference between life or death. When we're talking about someone who's pulseless, who's in a cardiac arrest kind of event, uh, the American Heart Association uh, talks about, you know, the percentage of, of brain function and cells that you lose you know, it's, it's literally, it's seconds and minutes make the difference. Um, so every time you reduce, uh, or in other words, you even add a minute of response time, I think the, the average yield is about 10% survivability rate thereabouts. And so if you think about that, if, if somebody gets there two minutes earlier than somebody else, 
Well, that's that's a big chance, bigger chance of you surviving. So that's kind of important to us. Sure, sure. Uh, let's talk training. Uh, Captain Wittenberg, of course, you're certified, you know, uh, certified instructor in AED, CPR. Um, understand that you've been training some of these Murfreesboro police officers to properly use this device. Uh, just talk about what that training entails. Yeah, so every, every two years, um, the police department, same as the fire department, they have to go through a recertification process. Um, most everybody around the country, especially dealing with healthcare, is, uh, uses uh, the American Heart Association, their standard. Um, and every five years, AHA looks at that, uh, American Heart Association looks at that standard and looks at the data that they've collected over the last five years and, and see what's working and, and what might work better uh, next time to, to change that standard. So, um, like I said, every, every two years when they go through that, through that training, there may be updates or things like that that, uh, that we work in there. Um, you know, CPR uh, in general, I think I took my first CPR class, I was like in fifth grade. We still do compressions and we give breaths. So like it, they change the rate, they change the depth, um, things like that, the ratios. Uh, now we really try to fine tune our CPR, what, what works. Um, so uh, minimizing the time that, that somebody's not on the chest doing compressions, uh, minimizing the time that it takes us to get, uh, to get an AED there, whatever it may be. Um, so we're really focusing on that, uh, what, what, the, what the data is showing right now. And, and the data really shows that uh, minimizing the time that you're not on the chest is, is, the, uh, is the biggest factor and early defibrillation. Just to follow up a little more on that training, what do you teach these officers in class? Do, uh... we, we go over everything. We go over, um, so AHA splits it into kind of three parts uh, as far as age categories you have adult. Uh, you also have children and you have infants. Uh, and then we also talk about our AEDs, uh, our uh, breathing devices that we may use, whether it's a pocket mask or a BVM, something like that. Uh, and then it also talks about choking. Um, and then we also, um, there's also a section in there talking specifically about Narcan uh, that we talk about in the, in the class. So we go through all age groups, uh, talk about using the AED on all age groups along with uh, different maneuvers to uh, provide ventilations to the patients. Sure. And I understand uh, this device is pretty simple to use. Uh, Absolutely. Why don't you guys uh, show us how it's, how it's done? Sure. It's as easy as this. So once we know there's an event, somebody brings an AED to the location, well, the first thing to do is you just take the top right off here. Mitch? Next thing, all you're going to do is turn it on. Uh, that's the beauty of these devices is... Once you turn the device on, um, it walks you through the other steps, okay? So as long as you can hear it, um, actually they're, uh, the AEDs that are gonna be on the units themselves have a LCD screen right here that uh, will actually tell them also uh, what to do. So it's, there's a readout along with the verbal, uh, what's going on, so, or what they need to do next. So you turn it on and then you follow the prompts. So Automatic defibrillator. So it's telling you your unit's okay. Okay. Call for help. We're going to check responsiveness. We are the help, right? So 
we're going to uh, place the pads on the patient. Once the device senses that the pads have been placed on the patient, it's going to start analyzing. Okay? It usually takes about 10 seconds. Don't touch patient analyzing. Don't touch patient. Shock will be delivered in three, two, one. Shock delivered. Start CPR. So it's going to give you a metronome there at what rate you should be doing your compressions. Okay, uh, so another thing about the uh, the AEDs that that uh, the police department has, they're fully automatic. Okay, so uh, the the best feature about that is that there is no thinking whether you need to shock that person or not. It it takes it analyzes that rhythm. If there's a shock that needs to be delivered, it's going to tell you to clear the patient, and then it's going to automatically deliver that shock for you. So basically, it would not shock someone who does help. not need shock. Right. He, yeah. It's that's one of the beauties of this as well is that it can't hurt somebody that it won't help. You even if you wanted to shock somebody, you can't. And if this machine says they're in a rhythm that it won't help, it won't shock them, but it will give you further instructions about how to continue CPR. It'll give you a metronome about you know how fast you need to be doing CPR. Uh, there's visual indicators on here. Not only do you have the voice. You got a screen, but also as you as you look at the top of these, you'll see different lights come on to tell you what step in it you should be at. Um, I mean, literally, second and third graders could use this machine. That's why, if you've not noticed lately, you see them in schools, uh, libraries, uh, public recreation centers, airports. Uh, more and more often that we see this as a life-saving device that needs to be within reach of everybody. So basically, they're safe to use. Yeah, you can't Absolutely. you can't mess it up. Absolutely, they, mess it up. the the technology also that that is uh, that is brought into these machines now is um, is great. Um, one of the one of the things that AHA or one of the um, um, programs that they added into the AHA into the AHA curriculum this time was what they call the CPR coach. Basically. Somebody standing there saying, hey, you're doing good compressions, you need to push deeper, uh, you need to push faster, whatever it may be, this does a lot of that for you. Uh, so with these pads and that, uh, and that LCD screen that's on there, uh, when you do compressions on these pads, there's going to be a little indicator here of how deep your compression is. So it's going to show you in real time how good you're doing compressions. Okay, it's also going to coach you. It's going to say push harder, push faster, good compressions. Um, if you're off the chest for too long, it's going to tell you to continue compressions, whatever it may be. So it's this is your CPR coach. Okay. So. okay. The technology so, is really evolved uh, from when these first started. You know, years ago we would have them and you didn't have any of that kind of feedback mm -hmm. and you had to manually tell it when to the shock and those things in today's world. That's not, you know, because I, I look back, you know, when I grew up as a kid, uh, squad 51 was on the air and and you saw people getting defibrillated and that was a you always see the big paddles where they're rubbing them together and they're sticking them on the chest and 1970s technology that's right but now we have updated that technology we put it into cars uh, they're very durable um, you know they can ride around you know a, a the back of a police car is not always a friendly environment uh, we we drive and we go over bumps and there's equipment in our trunks and and yet these things still continue to work 
and they use amazing technology. So I guess uh, CPR and these AEDs work hand in hand. So you can look at it as CPR buys time, but the AED saved lives. That is exactly right. Uh, That's why we encourage people in the public, not just not those who are in the profession like we are, but even the general public to go out, get training. Uh, The American Heart Association has a whole plan today that in in today's world, a lot of people are worried about, uh, as we all do, you know, communicable diseases and things like that. So they have a program where you can do hands-only CPR. And just knowing what to start doing until people arrive with an AED is a huge factor in survivability. So the more that the public knows just basic CPR, again, CPR buys time. So when you get the AED there, that's what will save their life. And Captain Wittenberg, uh, what is the uh, success rate of uh, using uh, automatic external defibrillators on, you know, cardiac arrest patients? Right. So, so nationally speaking, uh, you've got about a 10 to 12% survival rate. Okay. Um, and that is nationwide. Um, the other statistic that I add in there is how many of those come out of the hospital neurologically intact. Uh, and the reason I like to focus on that is because I just, I don't want just a number to say, Hey, I'm going to get 10% back. I want to see how many people are going to come home to their family. Right. So, um, so the national average on that is about half of the, of their survivability. So you take that 10 to 12% down to five to 6%, but, uh, you're talking about other departments that have longer response times, things like that than Murfreesboro does. So I'm really hoping that, um, through the data that we can collect, uh, with our reporting system and things like that now that we really see a, uh, an uptake on how many of those people are coming out are surviving one and then two coming out neurologically intact. As I can tell you, one of the things that we looked at when we were considering doing this were some cities who had done pilot programs for their police agencies to do this, and they had a, a, a really good success rate in changing that number, you know, from 10% to a much better percentage. We tell people it's not a, it's not a magic wand. Um, you know, sometimes people have cardiac events that just aren't salvageable. You know, they're not survivable, I guess is a better way to put that. Um, but these are your best chance for survival. And again, you know, if that's, it's, if that's somebody I care about laying there on the floor, I want every chance for their survival. Exactly. So, uh, Captain uh, Fanning, who would be responsible, I guess, for servicing these machines that are in the police cars considering, like you said, they're driving down, you know, equipment bouncing around. Who, who's responsible right, for so, maintaining? Right, uh, so as, as part of our agreement with the companies, which is all is, is the manufacturer there, um, we have a local rep here and a local company here that, you know, if there's a problem, they take care of it. We give it to them and they'll repair it and send us a new one. It's no problem. Okay. And uh, Captain Wittenberg, um, how long do they last, I guess, before you need to replace a unit like this? So most of the time uh, we look at it as far as warranty life, right? So uh, these come with a seven to eight year warranty. Um, and the reason we look at it that way is because, uh, you know, it's a one, it's a medical device. Two, it's it's a computer. OK, um, you know, when I talk to people about AEDs and and people wanting to replace older ones or things like that or, or hold on to the old ones, you know, the the computer that's that's on your desk isn't eight years old. Right. Why do you want the piece of machinery that can 
ultimately save your life to be old technology. They come up with new stuff all the day uh, or every day. I I mean, I wouldn't uh, suggest (laughs) changing them every year, but uh, the, the technology that's in them now is, is great. Um, Adding that, uh, adding the, uh, the feedback, the real time feedback has been huge. Uh, We uh, on, on the fire apparatus, we carry cardiac monitors, which is, uh, just a little bit more advanced um, version of this. It's just a little bit bigger. It can do a few more things uh, for our paramedics and things like that. But um, it has feedback on it as well. And and we go back and we use that in training and several different aspects to say, okay, this is where we're doing real good. This is where we need to do a little bit better. Um, so they can see that real time with these units, with our units, same thing. Um, it's, it's great. The cap- uh, uh, the compatibility between them, um, if, uh, if we have an officer there, they've got an AED on the patient, we come in, we want to put them on our cardiac monitor. We literally unplug the pads and plug them straight into our monitor. We don't have to pull pads off. We don't have to swap anything out. It's literally plug and play. Again, that was one of the factors we looked at in selecting this one mm-hmm. was compatibility. Uh, because again, we, we work hand in hand with the fire department and we wanted that compatibility feature between us. So it makes things smoother and easier with the patients that, that we're going to take care of. Uh, we want the, we want the best possible outcome for people and it's just one of those factors. And as uh, technology evolves, uh, I guess they're pretty cost effective, aren't they? They really, if, if you look at them over time and I, I tell people, you know, how much is, is my loved one's life worth? Um, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, there's no such thing as unlimited money, but we look at the cost and, and the value for things, and we really feel like these are a life-saving device, and we want the people in our city to have the very best chance for survival. Sure, sure. Now, what about accessibility to these units in, in the patrol car? Will they be in the back? Will they be in the front? Where are you guys recommending officers put them for accessibility? Uh, most of the time, officers will keep these in the back of their car along with their all their other equipment. Uh, you know, obviously our officers carry a lot of different kinds of equipment, uh, just like the fire department does. Depends on on what the problem is they're trying to address. But most of the time, they will probably stay in the back of the car. That's a that's a conditioned airspace mm-hmm. uh, because you know we have a lot of the other equipment we have back there that has to be temperature controlled, and that helps with with these as well. Sure. And uh, Captain Wittenberg, is there a difference between this unit and I guess a traditional one? Uh, no, not really. Uh, this. This particular unit, uh, the Zoll AED Plus, has been around for a long time. Um, they they upgraded uh, a few years ago these units to where they uh, where you could get them in fully automatic versions. Uh, but this particular unit has been around for a long time. Um, they've just kind of upgraded, you know, throughout the years. Uh, as far as as far as a normal AED, there's several different brands out there, several different models. Um, some also offer the feedback as well. Um, but as far as AED preferences or anything like that, one, we, we love the Zoll products. Um, the, the biggest thing to me with them is, or one of the large things is they're manufactured here in the United States. Um, they're manufactured in Boston. Um, their pads, I think, are manufactured like in Virginia or something like that. So the accessibility to them has been great. Uh, versus some of the other companies out there. Um, during, uh, of course, during COVID and things like that, everybody got hit with um, shortages on, on different things. And, and Zoll has been uh, the one that, 
you've been able to get product from. You've been able to get their units. You've been able to get their pads, um, where some other ones, you're not able to get that stuff. So, well, and I guess you have to take your hat off to uh, our city leaders. I mean, anytime fire police go to our city <laughs> officials and say, "Hey, this will benefit the citizens of the city of Murfreesboro," I mean, they don't hesitate. No, no, As they, really they did with this, they approved the funding for. Sure these units just you know talk about their support yeah i mean we uh we spent a lot of time researching before we decided you know we, we wanted to do this uh mitch and i spent a lot of days uh, sitting in the office going over features and and you know we also looked at uh, cost uh, when we were trying to decide what's the best product mm -hmm. and what's the best value and uh i have to tell you from the word go when, when we started approaching this as an issue and talking to people in city management, you know, our city manager, and then our city council, and those folks in the mayor, they were 100%, you know, behind us. Hey, whatever we can do to take care of the people in our city, that's they were, they were very happy. So they saw the value in it. Sure. Most of our city facilities, if not all, uh, I just can't speak to all of them, right? Uh, but most, if not all, uh, of our city facilities uh, have AEDs at them that are accessible, whether it be city hall, I know there's one there, of course the police department, fire department, um, and then uh, our parks and things like that. Uh, I, I think, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, we had a save out at the park last year with one. Um, so uh, having those accessible, uh, the airport has them, things like that, having them accessible to the citizens and stuff like that, not just for, uh, you know, responders. Um, it needs to be accessible for the citizens because, like we talked about earlier, uh, you're not going to hurt somebody with this. If you put it on them and they don't need a shock, it's not going to give them one. Okay, so um, having that accessible for somebody that took a CPR class two or three years ago and said, hey, I need to put an AED on them. That's right. So put the AED on them. If, it, if, it, if they need a shock, it's there for them. If not, it's okay. And you had mentioned uh, save at one of the parks. I believe one of our officers, uh, without mm -hmm. calling his name, uh, you know, benefited from a device like this exactly. at, at an event in one of our, our city parks. You're exactly right. He was. He was there. Uh, there doing what he does, which is loving on some kids, and uh, he he was in need. And you know, hey man, that's what more do you need to say? We we look out for the the people in our city, and sometimes the people in our city are the people that wear a blue uniform too. Yeah, that, that was amazing. It was amazing to hear him come back to work and tell the story and how firefighters were right there because they were participating in that event as well and uh, pretty much saved his life. And it's good that he's still here with us today doing well. He is. He's doing very well. Yeah. I guess, are there any drawbacks or potential limitation for having these uh, in our cars? I don't think so. I mean, uh, again, we tell people, you know, this is not a... It's not a magic box. Um, there are some people that this won't help. Um, and, and so that's, that's a limitation. We don't want to give people unrealistic expectations from this. It doesn't save everybody. Um, but really, no. Um, we try to take care of, of the things that we get. And, we, and, we, and part of our class when we're teaching our officers, when Mitch has been in there, as we talk to them about these things are in a nice padded case and it's protected, but it's not indestructible. Um, but no, we really see it as a win for everybody. Uh, and we really do. Sure, sure. And uh, is there anything else about AEDs, um, you know, the benefit of adding them to the patrol cars and um, that you two would like to uh, to say to wrap things up? My, 
the big benefit to me is is when you look at because that's all we have to go off of is statistics, right? So mm-hmm. we have to look at data. We have to look at um, you know where it takes us, and s- statistics show that for every minute that somebody is doesn't have CPR going on and they don't have an AED on, their chances of survival decrease by ten percent. Okay, so by having them in the patrol cars um, and getting them there even a minute faster than a fire truck or ambulance or whatever it is, um, you're saving that 10%, right? So um, that, I hope, is going uh, is gonna to show its benefit, you know, over the next year or so to where we can really come back and say, look, we proved it, you know. So that that's what I really hope out of the program. I hope it's – I hope it uh, – is around to stay and and it's gonna it's gonna make some big impacts here in Murfreesboro. Any final words? Well, you know, I think uh, right now, Mitch, if I'm not wrong, I think we've got about 30 units already out in our cars right now as we speak. And as we go throughout this year, as we train officers, we'll we'll continue to issue those out uh, throughout the rest of the year. And our, our goal is by the end of this year mm-hmm. to have them in every uniform marked patrol car. And uh, I, I tell people, you know, I've I've been around a while. And I think of all the times that I've done CPR on people, and now I look back over my history and I think, man, I wish we had had these then. Mm-hmm. Man, how many how many people could we have saved? And but I do look forward to the future and seeing the people that we're going to save. We appreciate you guys joining us. We've been discussing how the Murfreesboro Fire Rescue Department and the Murfreesboro Police Department are working together in training police officers on the proper use of AEDs now that all uniform officers will have them in their patrol cars. The Public Safety Podcast originates from the Murfreesboro Police Department headquarters. Thanks for listening via Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music Audible. You can also watch the podcast uh, on YouTube and City TV 3. The podcast uh, is produced by Michael Nevels with assistance from Steve Burris. For more information on public safety and the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, you can visit our website, www.murfreesboro.tn.gov. Until next time, I'm Larry Flowers.